hello! Welcome to Crying in the Book Club, the hit new podcast where three emotional friends talk about comic books that make them emotional. I am Emily. I am your host. I am here with my co-hosts, John Luke Botville. Hello. That is me. Hello, Emily. How are you? I am doing just fine, and I'm also here with Alex Hansiak. Hi, Alex. Hi. I saw Hades Town this week or last week. So I just want to derail the show at the beginning. What? <laughs> That's my deal. Well. I couldn't you... message the group yet because I'm waiting to message Chad, but I was too late last night. And then yeah, there's a lot of circumstances. Um, but you've Katie been holding cool. out on me. It was cool. It was very cool. Have fun editing that bullshit, John Luke. <laughs> you can play yeah, just cut it. This one. No. no. We'll have to talk about Hades Ten every ten minutes. Yes. That's the secret. How how was it? It was good. It was it was it was lovely to see live all the songs I, I think i cried twice so it's uh yeah it's yeah like they've a got number. a really good touring cast right now yeah i mean it's it's no um hades you you can't really get the guy with that super super bassy bassy voice page. yeah you i really mean can't. the guy that got was really good but in my head i'm like oh patrick page is mm-hmm. not this man um, which is <laughs> fine which is fine uh yeah it was, it was cool to see and nice to uh i'd not like i it's basically the uh the soundtrack is just the play, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but seeing the actors do it and everything, it's like, oh, this is just way better. This is great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, go check out theater. It's cool. Yeah. It's expensive. Go, go see it's, live theater. Yeah. Yeah. Or go see a movie. I don't know. It's probably cheaper. Touring theater is uh, less expensive than going on Broadway, though. Uh, when I was supposed to see Hades Town on Broadway and was not able to, uh, I sold those tickets. Like, I was able to sell those tickets back to the theater, and I used that money to buy three tickets. The the, the money I spent on one ticket to Hades Town, by the way, I yeah. uh, used for three tickets to the New Orleans touring show. What kind of fucking pyramid scheme is that? <laughs> but I did, however, I had a I had a really good ticket in in New York, and like I had decent tickets in New Orleans. Yeah, so, like it I... did it did scale, but like the the cost of a touring show versus mm-hmm. uh, you know going and seeing the the main cast is uh, yeah. pretty significant. I think our tickets were like a hun- over a hundred bucks in mm-hmm. for the touring cast, and that was like we I mean we were we were like on the in the middle. Like, 100 Canadian? Yeah, like maybe it's like 130. So uh, that's like 20 bucks US. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. If you if you're only on do the 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 scheme, you you buy the Broadway tickets, then you come to the Toronto touring cast, and you watch every show forever. <laughs> um, but it was good. Yeah. So that I just had to get that out of the way. I could have saved so, it for a so for glad. a sad space because I cried twice, but it's okay. A cry space. Um. I feel like Emily's response would have been like multiplied by ten or fifteen if you had waited all the way until the honestly at the end. Honestly, yeah, I I think I would have just I think I would have exploded on the spot. Really. It's true. It's a it's a which I know it, it sounded like I did, but I didn't. No, 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 no. Uh, but we're we're here today to talk about Berserk, uh, a a titan of the manga and anime industry. Uh berserk is like i i don't i'm gonna ask you guys later what your familiarity is with berserk but like for the listeners at home it is like a it is it is a huge fucking deal um there are a lot of things that would not exist without berserk um it's regarded as one of the most influential dark fantasy works uh of all time uh it 
is uh, comparable to like Blade Runner in uh, terms of influence on uh, other media, according to um, some guy named Peter Fobian, who wrote an essay about the legacy and impact of Berserk. And uh, a brief list of works that would not exist without Berserk includes uh, Full Metal Alchemist, Demon Slayer, Jujutsu Kaisen, Vinland Saga, Dynasty Warriors, Final Fantasy VII, Devil May Cry, and the entirety of the Soulsborne franchise. Every single game in that uh, universe is is impacted by Berserk. Like, even there are a lot of things that... <laughs> Literally, they just stole from Berserk. Uh, it like sy- symbols and uh, and weapons and and shit like that. Um, but but what is Berserk? It is a, a dark fantasy series. It uh, came up it came about while uh, the the creator Kento Mira was working as an assistant to George Morikawa, known for the long running series Hajime no at age 18 um he had planned out some ideas for berserk's development uh having a dark warrior with a gigantic sword and boy does he have a gigantic sword because he is the ultimate gigantic sword boy uh illustrated in his me too (laughs) fuck off illustrated in his portfolio who would be the first conception of guts Mira submitted manuscripts to a shonen magazine for about four years uh, before working for Hakusensha. However, he felt that he was not capable enough for it, and they were also not interested in publishing science fiction or fantasy works. Uh, in 1988, while working with Baronson on a manga titled King of Wolves, Mira published a prototype of Berserk in Hakusensha's Geken Kamikami. This 48-page per- prototype placed the second had placed second at the seventh Kamikami's Manga School Prize. He later submitted his work to a magazine that, at the time, was on the verge of going under, and he was switched around between several editors before meeting his first editor. Serialization of Berserk began in uh, Hakusensha's monthly Animal House in 1989. Mira says the title is connected to main character Guts imagery, influenced by Mad Max's eponymous character, further elaborating, in short, starting from a world with a dark hero who is burning for revenge, prompts you to imagine a rabbit character. When, guided by his anger, he will pour out this rage on overpowered enemies. We must insist on his fanaticism if you want to stay consistent. That's why I thought Berserk would make a perfect title to represent my universe. According to Mira, the series' dark fantasy setting was inspired by the 1982 film Conan the Barbarian and, I had never heard of this before, but the Elric of Melnimboni series. Uh, he, Mira stated that he learned the basics of storytelling from George Lucas, creator of the Star Wars franchise, and calls the eponymous 1977 film his favorite work. In North America, Berserk is distributed by Dark Horse Comics. For this episode, we read volumes one through nine of Berserk. This encompasses the Black Swordsman arc and a portion of the Golden Age arc. So, um, just uh, real quick before I get into like plot summary stuff, like impressions. Like, I think I read we... far too much. Yeah. It just I read so I read nine volumes, but I did uh-huh. Bond fandom, and the arc that I went to was the wound arc. Uh, I mean, like, there's um, there's is like, that the right arc? There, there's okay. So I the the naming is a little inconsistent. The Black Swordsman arc is like basically everything up until the start of the flashback, and then like the flashback. There's a flashback. Oh no! Oh no! 
I, I read chapters one through fifty. Did I do something wrong? Yeah. <laughs> John Luke, you skipped the entirety of the Black Swordsman arc, which takes place before uh before issue one. Wait, um, the is that the I'm not, no, no 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 that's no. fucking bullshit. When American With comics do that, I don't read that shit. Uh, okay, but it's like it's the story. If you have issue number one, that's where I start. I feel like if there was some confusion about where to start, maybe we should have discussed this because I sent you the the website where to read the the book from and yeah, the, the and first, I started at chapter one. The first the first entry is not chapter one. No, that is true. But also, if you go to the website where I read American comics, the first entries are like annual number one, annual number two, because alphabetically those come before the numbers. So that's what I assumed was going on here. So I did not. Okay. I know we all read any of that. I know we all read a lot of Berserk, but I don't think you, any of us read the same stuff, which is. No, no, no. Okay. Uh, no, Alex, I think the, what I was trying to explain to you before I got derailed was that there are like, there are a bunch of arcs within the Golden Age arc that are that have their own like subheaders. Okay. So the wound, you did read the right thing. The wound arc is like in there. It, there's a there's... bunch of. Oh, actually, I see it now. Yeah, yeah, because there yeah. is an arc in the Golden Age arc called the Golden Age, but yeah. that's not the full Golden Age arc. No, the, okay. the the Golden Age consists of the entirety of the flashback. So, John Luke, okay, I guess um you'll get to you'll get to hear some of the plot summary for the first time, just like the audience. Um, okay, so actually, I will start with the characters because I have them listed here first, and that's a good place to start, I guess. Um. Our main characters are Guts, uh, as I mentioned, the big sword boy. Um, he is a mercenary who travels from company to company, so he is always fighting. After he meets Griffith, Guts is defeated in battle by him and is forced to join the band of the Hawks. Guts is a Byronic hero who is born as one who may be able to struggle against causality, but who is unable to maintain it indefinitely. His childhood and adolescence is defined by his growing up in a mercenary band after being adopted by a motherly prostitute named Shishu after he was um, born from a uh, corpse that had been hanged. Um, late, and he is later adopted by the leader of the the band uh, named Gambino. Uh, and yeah, uh, <clears throat> then he joins the uh, the band of Hawks, which he uh, does abandon at some point, but he comes back. Um, Griffith, originally the founding leader of the mercenary unit known as the Band of the Hawk, uh, both the group and his title of the White Hawk are named for his helmet, which is shaped like a hawk's head. Uh, he is extraordinarily charismatic, intelligent, handsome, serves absolute cunt, and is ambitious. Griffith's skill with his saber and tactics give him and his band a reputation of invincibility, making him the favored choice of the Midland King, who was locked in a century-long war with the Empire of Tudor. Believing that he is destined for greater things, Griffin is willing to sacrifice everything for the dream of his own kingdom and only values others who are of use to him. The source of his ambition is a crimson behlet, which is this weird little thing that is like an egg with eyes on it. And it's like alive, but maybe not or something. Um, this was given to him by a fortune teller who called it an egg of the king that would lead an average person to become a great ruler. 
Uh, we also have Casca, my girl Casca, uh, the only female member of the original band of the Hawk. She is behind only Griffith and Guts in swordsmanship. Casca joins the Hawks after uh, Griffith empowers her to save herself from a sexual assault by a nobleman who bought her from her parents. And since that time has harbored feelings towards Griffith, which most everyone is very painfully aware of. Uh, as while Casca was against guts in was against guts joining the Hawks, her hostility towards him gradually waned as she came to accept him as a comrade for saving her life multiple times, and she begins to develop feelings for him. A character that John did not meet, uh, because he's only as far as what we read in the beginning of the story. Uh, he is named Puck. He is uh, an elf, which I think is a misnomer because he's kind of more like a fairy but they call them elves um he's a wind spirit from Elfhelm, a utopia on the skellig island in the western sea he's the first character to join guts party after guts indirectly saves him from some bandits he is guts companion throughout the black swordsman arc uh then we have the band of the hawk uh i didn't list all of them out because like who fucking cares um they uh during the Golden Age arc were a group of mercenaries led by Griffith who achieved great exploits on the battlefield during the Hundred Year War. Uh, John Luke also did not meet the God Hand, a group of powerful entities who manipulate the world of Berserk, messengers of the idea of evil, an ancient being spawned from humanity's collective desire for a great evil on which they can blame their misfortune, who appear before those who activate a behelot. All members of the God Hand were once humans who were chosen by the idea of evil through Crimson Behelots to serve its purpose of giving a reason for humanity's suffering. Uh, we don't, we only meet a couple of the apostles in the Great Swordsman arc, mostly just as people for Guts to have to fight while he's searching for the whereabouts of the God Hand. They are inhumans who typically, having acquired and activated a Beheret in a moment of anguish, summon the God Hand and join the ranks of demon kind in exchange for a precious sacrifice. So, um, the, what happened in the Black Swordsman arc, I don't have all the, the, uh events of the plot laid out uh just beat by beat here because um that would that would just take forever but i will for for john's uh sake say that uh what happens in the black swordsman arc is that we meet guts he saves puck from some bandits then he has to fight a couple of these uh apostles and he ends up encountering the god hand and uh he has to fight a guy uh who ends up summoning the god hand and that's when we learn that that's the first time we actually meet griffith because he is at the time uh known as femto the uh i don't know if he's like the leader of the god hand at this time or something but he is a significant member and um guts tries to attack him and is uh very easily thrown off and then um the guy that uh guts was fighting the other guy that guts was fighting um gets dragged to the abyss and the guy's daughter swears revenge on guts and um guts tries to act like it doesn't bother him but it secretly makes him sad and then that's when we get the that's when we start the flashback to the golden age which is presumably right around where you would have started reading because the golden age like i uh, chapter one uh chapter one starts like not even at the beginning of the golden age it's like right after the like we don't even you don't even see the scene where uh griffith and guts meet each other for the first time and do their first little 
gay ass fucking battle and sword fight. And um, so anyway, but the the plot summary that I have uh, here, which is the plot summary from Wikipedia that I felt did a pretty good job of capturing the general vibe of everything going on. Uh, Guts is a lone warrior who was born from a hanged corpse and raised as a mercenary by his abusive adopted father, Gambino. This comes to a head when Guts is forced to kill Gambino while he is drunk in self-defense fleeing his mercenary group and becoming a wandering sellsword. His fearsome reputation catches the attention of Griffith, the charismatic leader of a mercenary group known as the Band of the Hawk. Griffin forces Guts to join the group after defeating him in battle, with Guts becoming his best fighter and main confidant. The band is hired by the King of uh, Kingdom of Midland to help in its own century-long war against the Tudor Empire. I copied this from a separate part, and somebody did a transliteration there. Um, Guts learns of Griffith's desire to rule a kingdom of his own and his mysterious pendant known as the Behelet. The Behelet is, an, is instrumental when they are spared by a character with a frankly incredible name, Nosferatu Zod, a monstrous immortal who leaves Guts with a cryptic warning of a painful demise for being Griffith's friend. As Griffith uh, mingles with Midland nobility while acquainting himself with the king's daughter, Charlotte, Guts begins to develop feelings for his fellow commander, Casca, the Hawk's only female member. Upon overhearing Griffith confessing to Charlotte that he only considers something with their own dream as a friend, Guts decides to leave the group once Midland has won its war so he can find his own dream. Guts' uh, decision inadvertently causes Griffith to fall into an emotional downward spiral that culminates in his arrest for seducing Charlotte in a moment of weakness. He loses his behelet while subject to torture, and the Hawks are declared criminals by the Midland uh, Army. Uh, Guts, having spent a year training to become a better swordsman, is warned by a mysterious being known as the Skull Knight that his actions have instigated an eclipse. Learning of the Hawks' predicament, Guts rejoins them to rescue Griffith while he and Casca consummate their feelings for one another. So that's, um, that's 47 chapters plus the entire prologue, however many it is, of Berserk. Wowza. Yeah. So, um, were either of you familiar with Berserk before I made you do this? <laughs> only in only in name of like, oh, Berserk exists and it's influential. Um, I didn't even know the the Dark Souls inspiration or you know, the the Soul series being inspired by it. But after reading this, it's like, oh wow, it's like all the lore stuff and all the, like the stuff that's not the fighting. Which I mean, it's 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 obviously still that too. But um, yeah, I'd say very casually aware of berserk but nothing else yeah i had like heard of it um i my familiarity with it was just like hearing about it from people who claimed it was like one of the greatest manga ever written um so i i guess my expectations were fairly high go well i, I don't think very much of most man manga fans but you know my expectations were were fairly high going in so um but yeah i had never like I wasn't really familiar with uh, like any of the characters or anything or even really what it was other than it was like some fantasy stuff uh, mm -hmm. before I read it for this. Yeah, that's kind of what I expected. How, how do you guys generally feel about dark fantasy? I like A Song of Ice and Fire a lot. Okay. But I like I, I'm not a big fantasy guy typically like in yeah, general. Yeah, I like, kind I, of what I, I was wondering. I like Lord of the Rings. I like A Song of Ice and Fire, but I, I don't really go. It's not a genre that I've ever really been that into. I, I, I like my cool guys to have guns, not swords. So, <laughs> Or if they have swords, they should also have a cool gun to go with the sword. I don't disagree with you there. 
I, I like Lord of the Rings. I like Final Fantasy VII. Not that that's like, you know, kind of inspired, but uh, the idea of dark fantasy, I'm like, oh, cool. But I've never actually hopped into it. And with like the Souls games, it's like I have so little like want to play through and like keep dying and do that like 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 the core gameplay of the souls games i'm just like no and the lore yeah, is like oh no, that's kind of cool like you know the characters look cool and the bad guys look look neat like um so, some are really spooky some are that cat that just like you know turns and turns and turns um so yeah it was a this was a nice introduction i guess really yeah i i mean i i like dark fantasy in theory but a lot of times like it feels like a lot of times anything that's labeled dark fantasy just means like this is fantasy, but we made it gritty, and also there's a bunch of rape in it. I mean, isn't that what Which it is, actually is though? Like it's. Like, I mean, the, it the, is like the, grittier the fantasy. part. The, the gritty part is yeah. It, like, I that mean, is just what yeah. It it is just like grittier, like uh, grittier fantasy. But it does also, and, and I guess this is no exception. There's a lot of sexual assault in this book. Yeah. I people told me that there was sexual assault in this book and I like thought that I knew what I was in for and there there are there is at least one that happens in this uh like chunk that we read that um was much more upsetting than I anticipated nobody um, told me that well I mean I didn't I didn't really tell you anything yeah it's true but um do do you guys have a favorite character so far I feel like I know what John Luke is going to say. I have no idea where Alex is. Go go ahead, John Luke. Oh, I I I am in Griffith's camp all the way. That dude is fucking epic. <laughs> uh I he fucking rocks. I like I I I am a huge Griffith fan. Uh the first time he he comes out with his like long flowing hair on the battlefield, I'm like, yeah, that's my guy right there. Oh, he's so cunty. I'm kind of obsessed with him, to be honest. I love him. And I I love that, like, he just, every time he gets, like, mildly scorned by Guts, he just has this insane overreaction to it. You know, and honestly, good for him. Like, although I will say he's, like, also the most annoying, well, no, he is also the most annoying character because he's always going on about that dream bullshit, which is so corny. It's so fucking corny. I like I, I I can't my eyes just like glaze over when that shit comes up. But uh yeah, Griffith rocks. I like Griffith a lot. Nice. John Luke has no dreams, so he resents when other people do. I I have dreams. I just think this whole shit about like oh, I I my my whole go- my life is guided by my dream of a, a better like fuck off, dude. Like <laughs> nobody gives a shit. Like this like the, the the and and there's this whole like thing in the golden age stuff about how like guts is like i need to go off and find my own dreams so i can be motivated and like you know there's part th- this book really is just like a huge soap opera and most of the soap opera stuff i really like but that part it, like always just like felt like it was going over the edge i was like i rolling my eyes me like all right come on dude let's fucking get real about no this you're shit. like I, you're not wrong it is ex- it is extraordinarily corny yeah but yeah, what what about you, Alex? Griffith is is very cool. The hair the hair is you know you know. He's a beautiful, beautiful man. He is gorgeous, and I have severe hair envy uh, for Griffith. I was I gonna. To, I mean, I need to actually. I was gonna compliment I, your hair. Um, so sorry, I'm. This is I'm, very important. 
No, it is very important. Um, I I'm gonna have to send uh John Luke. I'm I'm gonna send you the like screenshot of the very first panel where you see Griffith, like when he's introduced as like a member of the God Hand, and like uh-huh. all you can see is like his head under the mask, but like he has this like cunty little pout that like I can't like please uh. Please look at the group chat. Yeah, he's fucking this is awesome. the very yeah. first image you ever see of him in the comic. And, like, it's... I just, like... I'm like, why did you have to draw him like that? And thank <laughs> you for... Thank you, but why? No, I, I like that drew him like that. I also like that this mask in this picture is, like, the same one he wears when he's, mm-hmm. like, the head of the band of the Hawks. Yeah. It's the Birdman suit. Well, oh, it is the Birdman suit, but I was going more, like, Tim Drake, Robin... Oh yeah, so, uh, for a certain area, he had that, and I love that. Just the design of that, the like bird mm-hmm. masks are very cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for me, favorite characters. I mean, right from the right from the get go, Guts is just like a shithead. He's just like going around. He's like, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm the, so angry. I don't care if relation- you die. The relationship between um, Guts and Puck in the Black Swordsman arc is so funny because it's like, it's like Link and Nobby, but if like Link was just a fucking asshole to Nobby for no reason. Yeah, and, and Nobby just constantly like, you can't do that. You can't say that. Oh my God. Like, wh- what the fuck? Like they're, I was just going to say, say like their, their relationship in the, in the first arc and, and, you know, and beyond is just like, it's, it, it's great. Um, And it, I mean, it's so like over the top and so so serious that it's like so comical at times mm-hmm. which is which is wonderful and i love i love that camp part of it whether mm-hmm. it was you know totally on purpose or not but um yeah. that's probably my favorite part about berserk and yeah yeah I, I really liked that john luke described it as being very soap opera e because it absolutely is yeah and, and there are aspects of guts that i really like for that same reason but my problem with guts is that he's a badass with zero swag like he has no swag. He's right. not. He's <laughs> not cool. He he does things that are cool. <laughs> but he yeah he 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 doesn't look. He looks lame as fuck, and he like he 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 doesn't have like cool lines. He doesn't carry himself with like I don't know. Like yeah. it's it, it's this it's the same problem that like I. When I first started reading this book, I, I, I said this to Alex a few weeks ago. I was like, I have a theory that this is just that people think this is a masterpiece, but uh, they wouldn't think that if they had read a single Jim Lee comic from the 90s, because that's basically this, how Guts is designed. Um, but it, it's, it's the same thing with like a lot of those like 90s American comics. And I know this is like the same era, obviously, in in Japan in a totally different scene, but it's the mm-hmm. same thing where yep. it's like these like huge protagonists that are like, you know, these extreme badasses, but aren't actually very cool. And I love that. Like that's like, that's, that, no, that's fair. That's I, what I love guys. He's just like, he's like so dorky and he's like, oh, I'm so cool. And it's like, <laughs> are, you the, are you so cool? Or are you just, you just yeah. kind of a dork who can kill things really well. Is that, is that what you are? <laughs> God, yeah, he is like such a dork, uh, and I I do kind of like it actually. I I like that he's kind of a kind of a loser, even though he is like the the big cool badass sword boy. I think it's good actually. I, I do like that he's a loser. I do like that about him. But I mean, honestly, the thing I like the most about him is like, well, I don't know that he's oblivious to it, but I I love the yearning 
aspect of the book between like him and uh griffith and Casca. oh like, my god okay I, one of my questions down here is, does Guts know he is in a love triangle? I, okay, so a, 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 several chapters into this book, I messaged the group chat that I originally consulted about which chapters we would read for these episodes. And uh, I was like, guys, is this gay on purpose? <laughs> and it seems like the the consensus is that yes, actually, like the this isn't like, there's like a phenomenon in uh shonen manga specifically where like these male shonen writers have no idea how to write women so they they write the most intense relationships between their two male leads and don't realize it's going to come off as homoerotic i don't think that is the case here i think that this is a book that is like well aware of how homoerotic it is and it also isn't I, really shonen right no no no, it's not shonen i just was like I was just using that as an example of saying that 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 is not what is going on here where someone just like is writing a relationship so intense they don't realize that it's kind of gay. Uh no, I I think the I think it is intentional here. Um I you know, I don't really have any like uh I don't have anything to factually back that up and Kenta Mira died uh, a couple of years ago. Um I, I I guess we will have to talk about the fact that um I didn't even put it in the notes but um Kenta Mira died and Berserk is unfinished. Uh and it's going to be there uh is someone that's going to be taking over and um keeping it going based on like uh like production materials that Mira left behind but um mm. Yeah, that that is a that's a big thing with Berserk. Um, but yeah, so can't ask him if it's gay. I mean, I guess somebody could have before <laughs> now, but I can't. I think it's pretty gay. Yeah, like I mean, right down to the part where like, well, okay, to go back to your original question, I don't think Guts realizes that he's in a love triangle until no. the moment where Casca like initiates onto him in the golden age arc mm -hmm. but i think he i think he i don't think he thinks he's in a full triangle because i think he thinks yes. he's just competing with casca yes. for griffith mm -hmm. yes uh in the beginning he does not yet realize that he is in the best kind of love triangle where everyone is yearning for each other right exactly <laughs> exactly the point that i was going to make about like the the homoeroticism being intentional is that this whole book like guts Guts's sword is very phallic. He constantly holds it in a way that is like an extension of his penis. And the big moment with him and Griffith is them fighting and doing, you know, to put it crassly, genital jousting with one another with their swords yeah. um, in a way that makes me... And the way that it's presented where Guts constantly the way he talks about fighting and his sword is just like, Oh, he's this, he's talking about having sex, but like, you know, he, he experiences sex by killing people with his <laughs> big sword, which is not an uncommon metaphor for, you know, male sure. fantasy characters. Or Maybe not the healthiest like way to live your life, but you know, he's a no, thing. but I mean, it's, real, it's so a it's metaphorical way to live your life. Uh, yeah. and I'm just saying if guts was real, it'd probably, you know, it'd make the news. There, there is, yep. there is an, an inherent eroticism to violence and there is especially an inherent eroticism of violence involving something as phallic as a fucking sword. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, 
And it really does go the extra length. It really does go the extra mile because there's like so many times when Guts isn't even fighting, he's just like sitting down, but he's holding his sword and it's extending like right out from his penis. Like he's not holding it. Like it's not like holding the hilt, sticking it into the ground or whatever, like normal poses. It's like very obviously. It, it was just easier to draw that way. It's just, it is exactly you know, as subtle yeah. as that one cover with Wolverine and the beer bottle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, yeah. So it, you know, I, I, I think that, I don't think you, I don't think you get to that, like confrontation between Griffith and guts without at least intending some degree of, uh, homosexual undertones, I suppose. Uh, so, and I also just think like the way Griffith is drawn is very like, I mean, the first time he shows up, I thought it was a woman. Like I, I did not think that I did like when they started using he him pronouns for Griffith in like issue two or th chapter two or three. I was like, yo, what's up? Yeah, Griffith is more beautiful than even some of the female characters in this book. Yeah, yes, absolutely. So I, I definitely think there, there's some something going on there. Uh, I don't know how much. Like again, like it's hard to know how much of it Mira actually means is like like how much of it is intentional especially now that he doesn't get to like finish the story the way he would want to mm -hmm. um but also i looked and there's like nine thousand chapters of this thing so oh yeah i mean like it outside of what we are going to read this is this book is fucking massive it is uh i think there are 41 volumes published right yeah now. it ran till 2021 was the last yeah 2022 i i think 2021 the fantasia arc, arc started and then the last published one was november of 2022 so yeah but two things on the yeah, way uh, kintara mira uh died in may of 2021 okay okay and i guess the first thing is ahead. that yeah yeah the first thing i have is if griffith and guts don't fuck once in like 400 issues like that's a that's just an L. I they absolutely do not, and I like I haven't even checked. I just know, like because if I, I feel them. like can, I yeah. I feel like if they did, I would have heard about this by now. That's that's fucking cringe, and uh, it means I'm not reading any more of this. And instead, I'm just no! going to go to AO. I'm just going to AO3 and finding out what the real heads are, uh, are putting. <laughs> oh out yeah, I'm I am um, I am so fucking confident that you will have your uh your an absolute glut of uh of content there the second thing is i do kind of have a bone to pick with your group chat because I've, i like i obviously didn't end up reading the prologue arc or whatever fucking bullshit but honestly the idea that you have to read because they initially said that we had to read a hundred chat through chapter 100 to like yeah. really get a sense for berserk and i really think that we could have read through like chapter tw like the mid 20s and would have had like a nice like contained full complete arc that we could like get a good sense for the characters from. i think we could have read through the prologue and honestly it would have been like no this is cool. no look i no i'm sorry uh no alex hard disagree i don't think that i think because you don't even we would not get any griffith alex are you kidding yeah. me i mean you think you, you, would, you don't you have you to go through the whole story but you, you gotta you know you read just... this book up until the point that we meet griffith and then stop i'm sorry you see, no you see a little bit of griffith you see a little you bit see... of you see, like, a couple of pages of him. Yeah, it leaves you wanting more, you know? It leaves exactly. you like, oh, whoa, I will read more. 
No, I don't. I, It'll do no, it because I know that I know that none of you would read any more of this after we're done. And and honestly, I you know I don't. Disagree. How do you know that? Because I mean, are you? Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. I might not. I actually might not now that I know that Gets <laughs> have a fuck, but you know, I. <laughs> I mean, we do get to see um, some more sexual assault. You you want that? That's great. Yeah, huh? That's not, that's not really my thing. The Guts Casca scene is pretty good, but it really oh, yeah, is, actually, like Oppen- I... it, it kind of is like Oppenheimer where it's like, you know, you know, seeing Florence Pugh's tits is a nice consolation prize, but I really wanted Killian Murphy full frontal, you know, like, no, which is not I... in there. And th- Hard... this feels the same way. No, I, I mean, like, I am 100% uh, on board with you here. That's why um, I'm not and I, and I don't even, I don't anyway. even. I don't even disagree that like we could have read just like some of I think the the thing that we're or the uh what what we have been uh, assigned or given was reading through the entirety of uh the golden age arc which is through chapter 100 and I think that was just so that we would conclude <laughs> conclude the whole arc um and I would like to, so I'm glad that we're going to do it. But um, I, I don't disagree that to get a sense of Berserk, we could have just read, like, Black Swordsman and then, uh, you know, like, maybe 20, 25 chapters of, uh, of Golden Age. I haven't read Black Swordsman, but I would have been really bummed if I had... Well, I guess I would never have known, but I would have been bummed to miss out on the 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 sort of soapiness of yeah the, because the yeah it's, because Black it's very is different not, is not soapy it really okay. is just uh, it, it's like it's just dark and i mean like really cool like uh evil man designs and slugs and like fuck oh yeah so, you, you actually missed out on like some really good creature designs and i'm kind of oh, sad I, creepy you, shit john luke will you go back will you read it before the next will you, will you go back and we'll read see the beginning it's, before? it's 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 one you can skim through like there's like there's in terms of just, of, just the way it goes, it's mostly just the stuff entry. that you can kind of yeah. just like uh, that you can kind of breeze through. But like, I think you should if you can't go back. I mean, since the the amount that we're going to read between, uh, well, I'm going to abandon that thought. But um, you, I, I won't commit to it. But I, I I will try to make time to do. Do you want to see a picture of a cool scene, or do you want it to be a surprise? Sure. I, yeah. I will say I read the first I, I read I, I read some of it while Emily was doing her plot summary. I read the the first little bit where he frees Puck and I have to say it's way worse than anything that I read of the Golden Age stuff. So I mean you were reading the very first thing someone wrote versus like something that they wrote <laughs> that they No no, they no did, I, I, uh, Yeah yeah. For probably sure. years I, down the line. What I will say though is that that actually kind of knowing that I didn't start at the actual beginning kind of does make sense because the way people talk about Berserk made me think like, oh, this is like the Dark Knight Returns or the Watchmen of manga. And when I was reading it, I was more like, oh, no, this is more like, this is like, like I said, it's a soap opera. It's more like, you know, the Wolfman and Perez Teen Titans, which is also great, but not like the same degree of like foundational. Yeah, Mm-hmm. And, and you don't really get that vibe at all in, in, in the first arc, which I mean, Emily, like, yeah, you know, I, I, I do kind of go back on like, okay, like if you want to think of like what Berserk is, I just think like the first arc does enough to be like, oh, this is, this is interesting. This is cool. Like there's enough yeah, okay. neat stuff. And there's, and, and there's sickos like this guy who just like, yeah, he, he seems like cool. vomiting a slug. That seems yeah. very cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, like one of, the, I gotta say like 
the biggest thing about this book is like probably not even the writing it's it's the art right like i mean look like i i'm not gonna the i will i will admit that i i find mira's uh like face faces and uh like human anatomy to be not always like at a hundred percent but then i don't know you've got like these huge spreads of like these like vast cities or like huge uh battalions of people in armor on horses and like just i i don't know like sometimes i look at like just singular panels or pages from this book and i i am absolutely entranced by the level of of detail and intricacy that is in some of these drawings yeah yeah i mean a lot of it does look incredible and i don't even really mind the like anatomical inaccuracies or whatever like like sometimes fictional protagonists i think it's fine yeah fictional protagonists look fucked up sometimes like i think that's i don't really have a problem with that i will say uh he should have been banned from ever putting a speed line in his book because the action scenes are completely like i don't know like i've read comics for like well over a decade and there's not a single action scene in this book that is parsable they are of like and uh, like that bad I uh, I mean, fair. I, I guess maybe if you're more used to reading manga where they use speed lines more, like that might be the case. But I thought that the, like the, I barely even, I stopped even looking at them after a point. Like I just completely skipped through them because, because they're just like, I just could not follow what was going on. Like I did not have a sense for like where characters were located relative to each other. I had no sense for like what the movements being taken actually were everything just looked like a blur on the page and they were not fun to like actually read the first arc also it's like there's stunning pages in fight scenes but the actual fight scenes it's like like it's hard to tell where the movement's coming from and i don't think it's really i mean maybe it is just a thing of like you know manga and, and, and being more used to it but it's something where it's like i've read manga before with good fight stuff and sort of mm-hmm. good choreography where it's easy to sort of follow what's going on mm-hmm. and this is just like he's got a big sword and he's swinging and he's taking up most of the page and then he's like over here as well. And it's like mm-hmm. really sort of chaotic. So no, I don't disagree. Yeah. Yeah. I, I found them really hard to follow. And to be honest, there's some other stuff that's like, not just the action scenes that are hard to follow, but some of the lettering I think is atrocious and it might just be the, well, I think the we might, I think it's a translation. We might be, well, actually, you know, I'm not sure. Cause the, the the ones on the website that I sent you, I think, look like the read comics the... online. Or yeah, the site that we don't use for comic stuff. Uh, it's it it's literally it looks like someone did it in like text art. It's like it's there's no way it's the official version. The one I read. Well, also the official version came out in like two thousand three. So it's the dark. It's the whatever the Dark Horse releases. Yeah, are, I think you and I were is. reading the Dark Horse. Um, release. It's the thing is, is that. It's not like a font problem. It's just that it's sometimes hard to tell who is talking because the text boxes, like the the thought bubbles aren't, like the thought bubbles have those little arrows, but contextually the there, there were frequently occurrences where the line being said contextually was very clearly not said by the person who, who the arrow is indicating, the, the little arrow is indicating. Um, I it, don't know that I ever had that 
I don't know. I felt like I had that fairly frequently where there would be like a panel where two characters are talking and both of them have thought bubbles and both of the thought bubbles are right next to each other on the left of the panel. And it's not clear which, what is being said by which character, um, which just struck me as really odd because it, it, it didn't strike me as like a translation issue either. It struck me as they removed the text, the like Japanese characters from those thought bubbles and replaced them with, with English text. Uh, yeah i didn't them around on the page i didn't have that but the version i read was like clearly not an official version um Mm -hmm. maybe it was a fan translation or something because it was like i mean if it is an official version then wow that's like it it looks like like it wasn't even centered a lot of the time and like the thing probably just a bad it got across it's probably just a bad scan and the font was like i don't know no if it if if that was official then wow (laughs) that's cool but you know what to be fair there's like 300 chapters of this thing so yeah, but yeah, got I, time to do that. One of my questions was, uh, did you have any trouble following the story? And one of th- what I really meant by that was that I was, uh, I was thinking about how sometimes the art could be a little harder to parse. I, for me, it was just the action scenes that I think were hard to follow. Yeah, yeah. The well, that, that's was... specifically that's what I meant. Uh, yeah, and, and action scenes are a significant portion of this book. So yeah, that's what I meant. I, I think by the time they were like, it wasn't. It wasn't like I was having it like it's not like an action scene finished that I didn't know what happened. It was like every time there was an action scene, it was like weird stuff going on that like my brain was like, huh? But it was like I could still follow what was going on. It was just like kind of cluttered and how and how it sort of went there. Um, but yeah, I'm, but but a lot of the action scenes, like if you just pause them or you if you just got like one page of it, it's like they, they look great. Like you put it on your wall. It's like really cool imagery. Um and especially in the first arc, like really cool, like um, monster design kind of going on. The the static images are good. The the storytelling in those scenes is is where the issue is. Um, and it, it it's kind of ironic because you know the rest of the book does look like Emily pointed out. Like a lot of the vistas are look excellent. Like there's some like aerial shots that are like precede action scenes of like the armies lining up on the battlefield that are really really like really really well drawn mm-hmm. um but to be honest i just never found myself caring that much about the action anyway I, it, it definitely and and this is not necessarily just because of the art i just like it, it just felt like a vehicle to get to more of you know the juicy like character drama mm. uh, which was consistently for me like the most exciting and engrossing part of the of the series mm-hmm yeah, it'd be interesting if, I mean, I'm sure someone's done this where you cut out the action scenes and you just have, like, you know that? I, Berserk I don't know if it would totally, action. Yeah, which is so antithetical, I think, to Berserk for so many people when they're like, you would take out the action? Are you kidding me? Um, but, I don't know, it'd, it'd be interesting if the story would still be, like, following. You'd probably, you'd probably just keep a few action scenes to just make it cohesive, but... Um, I mean, there are a couple exceptions. The, the sword fight between Griffith and Guts before Guts leaves... I think is good. Oh, I think it's fucking fantastic. There's a sequence and I I think it's an issue 20 or chapter 27 where Casca has her like big showdown with that like the big dude that mm-hmm. she fights when she's on her period and he owns her cuz she's on her period and then she's not on her period anymore and she beats his ass. Guys. Uh, we have to talk about oh, the Casca period. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think we can talk about the period thing specifically, but there's a lot of like, I like Casca a lot. 
But I love Casca. I think that some of the way she is written is so bum fucking stupid. Yeah, I 100%. I really agree with you there. I love her so much. That's my tomboy girlfriend. I'm obsessed with her. And why does she get such the short? I mean, I know why she gets the short end of the stick in this writing. It's because she's a fucking woman. But like, it's and and I, it, it's even more frustrating because it seems like Mira's like trying to do a good job, but is still like falling into these like weird sexist pitfalls and the thing is is that he occasionally i think does do a good job with with her character i think in particular the like sort of self-reflection and realization that she doesn't actually love griffith she just like really admires him and you know obviously is like grateful for him saving her but like it's not she sort of on her own comes to the conclusion that that's not actually like being in love with somebody which is Mm -hmm. kind of which is, I think, oppositional to how you often see these kinds of female characters written. Oh, 110%, like, like, yeah. The damsels in distress, and then they fall head over heels for the, the person mm-hmm. who rescues them. So, like, in that regard, like, yeah, like, he, I think he does a great job with that. But there are a ton of other moments where I think he just face plants, like, really hard. <laughs> and, like, I get, I get what's being said, but, like, I hate, like, so many of the, like, bits where they talk about like Casca like forsaking her womanhood or like you know I I didn't choose to be born a woman or whatever like the there's just there's so many weird lines like that that where it's like I I I get it but I'm annoyed well the, the the whole part about how where she's like I realize you know I could I, I guess it's kind of funny because I just praised him for for do it for this, but like even in that se- the, the 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 scenes where she's like sort of come to terms with what her relationship to Griffith is, part of it is like I can be a fighter for him, but not a woman for him, which is very like okay, yeah. well, I mean, mm-hmm. that, yeah, I, that, yeah. Be, you know, being like there there is a degree of like gender essentialism to that that is very there. Like, there is a very heavy. Uh, influence of gender essentialism on the way that Casca is written which I think is very much like I think was very typical of like 90s and early 2000s male feminists right like that's I think like it's yeah, very like, e- even the ones who were trying to do well <laughs> yeah it's it's very Joss Whedon I think Ooh, yeah. Wrong. Not that yeah. there's any nothing else about this book is is very Joss Whedon, but like that is like for that specific like no, like, no I know you, like that is like I literally know yeah. exactly what you like. That's not the comparison I would have made just off the top of my head, but you are right. It like was this um eighties nineties um, uh, late eighties. It started late, in eighty nine. Yeah. Okay. So like a decade before Joss Whedon, but doing well. But no, like, no, no. Buffy is nineties, right? Yeah, Buffy's 90s. Oh, okay. So not even a full decade. I'm a comic head. I I, I don't think about it. I only know his glorious works. Would have been briefly before the time of Buffy. I'm with you, though, Alex. Joss Whedon doesn't exist before Astonishing X-Men in my head. And even then, even then, I'm you know, yeah. Even then, he's on thin ice. It's like it's like I know I know he exists, but do I want to know he exists? It's like, well, can't go back. Yeah. Um. The period thing made me. So mad. And you know what? You know what made me even more mad, guys? What? So we were supposed to record this episode yesterday. Uh-huh. And the reason that we didn't record this episode yesterday was because... Wow. 
Emily just paused. That was a great cliffhanger. That was wow. Reason I didn't record is because wow. I, I know what she's gonna. I feel like I know what she's gonna say, but it is just great that it. I am Joss Whedon. No. Yep. Emily takes off her Emily mask. This whole time we've been doing a podcast. We've been with doing Joss a podcast Whedon. with Joss Whedon. Yeah. You know what? That would Fuck. be the best twist he's ever come up with. So. Be the only good twist he's ever come up with. It would be. I would say he, he should fucking die. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Now it is. Okay, so I don't know how much my actual recording track caught, but on the end of uh, Mr. Alex and John Luke, uh, I my audio was cut off right as I was about to reveal why we didn't record yesterday. So, uh, fellas, why do you think we didn't record yesterday? So this one's pretty easy. I think me and John Luke putting it putting it all together. Yeah, we, um, we were really, you know, we busted out the the Sherlock Holmes cosplays, the Batman cosplays. Yeah. Um, and it's disappointed it's I missed it. It's it's context clues. It's context. Uh-huh. It's, it's it's you know uh-huh. what? It's what what were we talking about right before this moment? I killed and that man. and that is maybe maybe well, okay. That wasn't our theory, but if you did that, you know, fair enough. But um, uh, who, who, who? What were we talking about? Perhaps who were we talking about right before that happened? No. We were talking about one. Oh, Joss Whedon. Yes. Joss of Whedon. Course, of course. So Emily clearly was going to rip off the Emily mask and reveal Joss Whedon that we've been doing this podcast with these last, um, you know, years actually, not just this one. Four, yeah, last four years we've been doing a podcast with our hated enemy, Joss Whedon. And it was a long con. It was, yeah. you know what? But it was also the best twist. I, we agree that Joss Whedon's ever written or come up with. So yeah, um, that's it our would theory. Be the best thing he'd ever done. Yeah, that's our theory. Um, no, it's because I had fucking horrible period cramps and I didn't want to. <laughs> and then I sure, and then Josh. I, had, I had not actually read the chapter where Casca has her fucking period and is bad at battle or whatever. And then I read that and I got really mad. <laughs> See, this is one of the many reasons that men are disadvantaged in our society is that we don't have a week out of every month where we can just say, I feel like shit because my body's acting up. I'm not going to do anything today. To be fair, that's me every day at work. So it's not (laughs) not like, oh, no, I can't. No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm. I'm sad our theory wasn't proved correct, but. um, um, It would have been preferable, honestly. I think. Living as Joss Whedon. I mean, I don't want to be Joss Whedon, but I guess I would. You would want Alex and I to do a podcast with Joss Whedon for four years. Under That's, fucked up. That's fucked up. That's fucked up. I mean, up. that would be pretty funny. <laughs> I can't like, I can't even lie. It'd be pretty funny. I think I'd leave the country. <laughs> like unrelated. We, you know, but yeah, that would be. You're not even in the same country as us. The thing is like, I don't know what Joss Whedon's been doing the last six years and it kind of it no kind of should it kind of lines up though it kind of lines up with oh you know i met emily we started the podcast you've never yeah. seen me and joss whedon in the same room no and chad's a fan just like he's a fan of joss whedon so it's you know it tracks it's it tracks. really all adding up but anyway back to we're <laughs> talking about um so I this I guess this question doesn't technically apply to uh, John Luke, but um, a significant portion of Berserk is dedicated to the flashback that takes up the, the Golden Age arc. Uh, Alex, how do you feel about the fact that like you just you got like a snippet of what is I guess like quote unquote present day present time, and then uh, 
and then we're just thrown into like the world's longest goddamn flashback because the golden age arc i will tell you it is the longest arc in the series so it is like you can say that like a a good majority of the series is kind of taken up by this and so like a good majority of the series almost doesn't even take place in the present day of of the story how do you feel about that it's a better arc so it's kind of like it, it, it kind of defeats like right away the whole like oh no like i wish i did it like not that the first arc's bad but it's very like no. it's just fun to see you know guts and you and, and, and you meet the other characters and you you know you see him go up against the count and there's all that cool stuff going on and mm-hmm. um you know meeting meeting puck but it's almost like it's it's kind of like a vibe check for the for for like the inspirations that came after it very like it feels like a dark souls kind of like thing whereas the next arc does not feel very dark soulsy and, and that kind of stuff so um i think it's worth reading and it's cool but like it is a lot easier because the second arc's just way better yeah yeah well and that's the thing is like you know i think i I mean, I know that technically John Luke started without reading the Black Swordsman arc, but I think like for if if we like, I don't think we could have like intentionally just started with when the flashback starts. Like if we were trying to to get like a a sense of the story, because once yeah. we're once we're out of the golden or you know once the reader is out of the golden age arc, like you're back in that like you know guts on his own solitary journey mm-hmm. thing so i think you kind of like need a little bit of that setup in the beginning before mm-hmm. you're gonna really be able to go back uh into and even for like, the golden age arc like you you, yeah. you see his beginnings but it's it's fun to sort of like because in the in that first arc that we see he's sort of like he's he's a dick like he, he he's a total he's a total asshole who's just basically going around like and I'm like gonna kill he's people. a dick in golden age too but like you know a different kind of mm-hmm. dick yeah yeah exactly and it's like it, it having the context after is actually like oh cool like this 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 makes you, sense you're, and how, you're seeing like how he became the dick yeah this this like brand of dick but it's also it's like it's nice to see him being like super super confident and like um you know himself there and then and then you go back to his past and do that so i mean i'm interested in seeing what the sort of after this golden this golden arc to see like how going back feels because going from Mm -hmm. that opening arc to golden felt felt good and it was like okay cool this is better um and i i assume it's gonna be the arc after is gonna be better than the first arc because just you know more time writing and sort of a clear picture Mm -hmm. and all that stuff but um yeah will remain to be seen Knowing what yeah. I know now, I just have a really bad feeling about what happens to Casca in the remaining 50 issues of Golden Age. I mean, like, I know one thing that um, very infamously happens to Casca in this story that I'm not excited about. I don't know where it occurs, but... Um... It's assault. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could you could already just guess. It's not great. Um, Yeah. John, how do you feel in concept about the fact that like the the biggest chunk like uh, the biggest chunk of this story that exists is just a big long flashback? Uh well it's really it's a really good flashback, so I think it seems sure. fine. I, I don't I don't know. I don't, like, I, I don't mind like I don't mind like stories doing like lengthy like flashbacks. I think that mm-hmm. you know, if there's 
a lot of material that like informs where the character is like doing a cold open and then flashing back can make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like conceptually, I, I, I don't have an issue with it. I, I am somewhat curious to go back and read the, the prologue and then maybe after I, f- if you know, golden age remains good. Once I finish it, reading more of the, mm-hmm. I guess, present day stuff in the berserk timeline, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad it, I'm glad it exists because I did genuinely quite enjoy it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's cool uh, that you. I mean, you know, uh, confusion about it not starting on volume one, issue one aside. I mean, which like, is, like, look, I understandable. Like, I could have like, checked <laughs> to make sure that everyone was on the right page, but I sent you the website, and I assumed that since if you go to like the chapter index, there's yeah. like you know. The, the very bottom i just assumed you would start at the very beginning that was on me sure but like the, the uh, uh, yeah but i mean like the fact that john luke like enjoyed it and like is a fan of berserk from that one means like is the first one really that needed like like, like i think it is just because it's like i don't know it's a cool opening it doesn't really hurt and it's I like um, it's some really cool scenes technically i guess we've proven that you don't have to i mean if you had to only read one arc which isn't fair because the second one's just way longer so it's like not really a mm-hmm. um the comparison there Mm-hmm. Yeah, read the second arc then but um if they wanted me to read the prologue they would have called that the prologue would have started with issue one so i that's all i'm gonna say on on that matter what if they called it zero year i do not at a, for any reason understand why the numbering only starts not even at the beginning of the golden age arc like it's like several cha- it's like several chapters in i don't understand why that oh is really the case. so i just missed like some of yeah, the there, stuff? yeah even you, you, you <laughs> oh yeah the beginning of the golden age arc where guts huh. and griffith meet for the first time and have their very first sword fight see the, there's like a flashback to that later on that like shows it very <laughs> briefly and i was so oh, i was yeah. like oh is this where people like the i thought it was just like a really yeah. confident cold open <laughs> I, yeah, I can see how you could have thought. You know what, John? Like, you're becoming even more of a Berserk fan, where you're like, "Well, actually, you should start on issue like uh, eighteen point five, and then you're you're, you're I all mean, fine if there." I, if I go back and read the prologue and it sucks, I'm gonna say that you should start reading at this point. <laughs> yeah, because this is good, and if that shit isn't good, then you know I have no choice but to <laughs> recommend the good stuff. Um, because like, it's not like I tell like. It's not like when I recommend Watchmen, I'm not like, oh, you have to read all the before Watchmen miniseries. That's, okay, <laughs> that does not. Yeah, but that's no, a misnomer because no, before Watchmen's after. No, no, John Luke Bobbill, you will not make a false equivalence on my episode. But wait, wait, wait. What if what if the Watchmen TV show, which takes place after, but is like in the same, you know, it's kind of like. You, you, we will not. It's, the, mis- it's the, like a context thing, which is similar to the first arc of Berserk. The, the, you know? the first arc of Berserk was literally written first. It is not a, a before Watchmen. I see no proof. It's, it's just. It's just the proof is in the quality of the writing getting exponentially better as each chapter goes on. <laughs> as, as opposed to Watchmen and before Watchmen, where it falls off a cliff. After but riddle me this: the Watchmen animated movie is just being made now and is releasing next year. Oh yeah, I I saw the news about that. I, oh, I forgot about me, that. Makes me want to commit an act of violence. No, no, it's it's co-written by Jeff Johns though. Great. The biggest Watchmen fan is, has been proven Watchmen by all fan. of his work. Hey, he just wants Alan Moore to, you know, pick up the phone and be like, hey, Jeff, I like your work. That's what he wants. 
And is that so much to ask? Do you think that's- Alan Moore would like Berserk? I think he would. I, 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 I think do. Ber- I actually think Berserk is like something that Alan Moore would think was cool. Yeah, genuinely, I do, actually. I, maybe. But he's he's also someone who like has never left the country he's in. And he's very, he's Alan Moore. No, he's, he's Alan Moore. He's been to like American comic cons in the 80s. Oh, then I guess maybe just not in the last 30 years or something. Oh, no, no, no not since, years. not, okay. I don't think he's left his like, I don't think he's left his patch his of fortress in the last like, <laughs> two decades. Because of DC fucking no, I, think, I think he definitely like got out before, you know, before that. <laughs> Makes it sound like prison. It's and good. even if he doesn't leave his home, he can still enjoy media from outside his country. Uh, see, I don't think yeah. Alan Moore would. I think really? he would sit there with no internet, you know, with the thoughts in his head. See, if you believe what his daughter said on Twitter a few years ago... Or I, I like how you know this. <laughs> it might be his granddaughter. I think it's his daughter, though. Like that. Yeah. Apparently, he still like he loves comics and he like like he reads old comics like all the time. Still, that's cool. Like, I mean, there's just many of them. That makes sense. Modern. He was like a huge fan of the Wicked and the Divine. Like he oh. loved Wicked taste, and the Divine. Taste. That's not as old as I thought it'd be. That's that's cool. Yeah. No. 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 Like that. I think that's Think-o like one of the taste. more recent. I think someone asked him once in an interview, like what modern comics he was reading, and. He went on this. He went on like a, a brief rant about the state of like superhero comics being absolute dog shit, and then he yeah. like pr- King. heaped praise on uh, Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey for that's so great. Time, King of so. taste, yeah. Honestly, like, yeah. he's not anything bad about Alan Moore. Ever. Look, Alan Moore is just the goat. Like I think it's like game recognized game. Like I think, no. and I think Berserk is the kind of like the darker and like edgier stuff about it feels very similar to some of his later work to me as well. Like it's like a prestige. It's almost like a prestige drama manga in some way. Yeah. In some ways, I think that that's not an inaccurate way to put it, but mix uh, of the CW show a little bit, a little, little yeah, bit a little of, bit, a little bit of CW. Oh, come, on, come on, Emily. There's a lot of the CW. Not in, in a bad way. I'm okay. I watched a lot of CW sorry, Riverdale. I'm still watching. Sorry. The shut the fuck up was just my gut reaction. You're not that wrong. <laughs> no, it's but... fair. I mean, like, like when someone's like, Oh, this is like the sem- the seminal piece of manga. And it's not, and the first thing, well, not the first thing, but it's like, Oh yeah, it's like Riverdale. And it's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. It's 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 yeah. It's a physical reaction. I am really curious how this how Berserk wound up with the reputation that it has, because similar like, and I don't I know that like m- Japanese and American comics are not like a one to one equivalency, but yeah. similar books in American comics, some of them are, well, some of them like may be beloved. They don't occupy the same pedestal that it seems like Berserk does. And I don't know if that's just a matter of like, this might sound really mean, but maybe it's just a factor of like manga's never produced something as good as Watchmen. Oh, fuck off. Absolutely. Fuck the hell off, John. Well, Lewis. nothing's produced anything as good as Watchmen. So that's. That's, that's that. pretty close to the truth. So oh, no, no. Sorry. Gar- I, Garfield. Garfield. I feel uh, volume like one. this is an extremely Anglosphere centric statement that you're making because. Things, things that would be things that would be considered like massively influential in uh, Japan. But I'm not talking about influence. I'm talking about like I, I'm just talking about quality. Like I'm just talking about like wh- like how much I like how like how good it is. Okay. Like it 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 and and to me like the I, the pedestal. I was of, misunderstanding when you talk about pedestal as being more like the the cultural. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I get that it's extremely influential. Like, the, like, the quality. No, I yeah, was just like, misunderstanding the statement is all. I, I It just seems to me like, you know, this is... I, you know, it, it, the, the, the kinds of American comics that are, like, similar to this in terms of, like, actual content and quality are like, well, they may be beloved. They aren't the ones that are thought of as like the, the best that the medium has to offer, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, 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 and it could just be a different audience, a difference in audiences. I don't know. I'm just, I would be curious to know more. And it's just like, part of it is cause it, it like, it is obviously a, like my perspective is very Anglo-centric because like my exposure to like manga is very limited. Like it's, you know, I know a lot of, I know a lot about American comics and very, very little about like. Manga, it ran until so. 2021. I mean, and it's still running. So it's like, it's something that has existed in, you know, culture there and here and like, you know, around the world for. Is Guts what? the Batman of Japan? I mean, like, he's not not the Batman of Japan in a way. <laughs> like, I, I don't know who, I don't know. I mean,. There's probably not really a one to one. Yeah, like comparison. I, yeah, there. I, you know, I don't think that there's exactly a one to one comparison. But like, I feel like you're not like off the money in terms of like, you know, just like the scope. The Batman of Japan is Jiro Osamu. That's um, not. I'm fighting member of the Batman Incorporated Alex and the protector of Japan. <laughs> but there, but there was also I see. I mean, I mean I know who the Batman of Japan is? Alex. I mean, Alex I didn't, aside. so I guess like I appreciate learning this. There was also, like, also. Have you guys ever read uh, Bat Manga, which is from the '60s? It's like I um, am familiar with Bat Manga, but I haven't read. We should it. we should read that for the show. It's hell it's cool. yeah! I'm so fucking down, it's, bud. It, it's a lot of Lord Deathman, which is which I'm is so a cool, down. Cool guy. Yeah, Lord Deathman. Hell yeah! Lord I'm down. Deathman's great. I've I've never read Bat Manga, but I know that Morrison drew on it a lot for uh batman yeah. incorporated so i mean given that you know lord Deathman is a major player in batman incorporated oh yeah he's hanging out Did, am i the only one whose eyes glaze over every time characters are talking about war strategy oh i love that shit <laughs> i just it's really i just don't understand any of it it's Me like neither. when i'm watching succession <laughs> and characters are talking about business i really the only way i know how to absorb scenes like this is by paying attention to my favorite characters and how they are reacting to whatever is being said because otherwise i have no idea what's going on i don't know anything about war or battles or Me strategy neither. Well, I, I know maybe like a small amount, but not very much. But I just think stuff like that. I love stuff like that. Like that shit is so cool to me. Like when characters are just like standing around talking about like plans and lore and shit. I love and it like, aesthetically. I oh, just like, it's so good. It's oh, I'm I'm. I I'm just so, feel like my brain turns to mush a little. Oh bit. no no no! I, I I I like hyper focus on that. I am like such a little slut for stuff like that. Like whenever it comes, like. That would always that was like my always my biggest break with other people when Game of Thrones was on is everyone was like or, or where people were reading Song of Ice and Fire like oh I just always hated the Davos seaworthy chapters because he was always talking about like naval strategy and planning for naval battles and I'm like you guys are fucking insane that is the those chapters are awesome I love that character he rocks I love when they're I love when my guys are all standing around a big table talking about throwing around <laughs> proper nouns preferably like, they should have a map on the table that has yes. little figures on See, it yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. 100% this is like 95% of the reason Halo is so cool is that they do this all the time with the villains in Halo they just like love 
having 20 minute cutscenes where cool aliens sit around talking about like throwing around proper nouns and talking about star wars attack of the clones you don't really get yes you don't get a lot of the strategy but you you get that hollow board going on and it's red and it's got the troops going and you're like no it's this it's the Mm. same it's the same thing Mm. like it's it's i I think mm. we're seeing the origin of john luke's uh interest in that sort of scene in in oh absolutely it's you know like Again, another place where I break from people, people are like, I hate that Phantom Menace is so much of like a political drama. And it's like, shut the fuck up. I wish this was all political drama. <laughs> I, I don't want any of the fucking Trade Federation war on Naboo shit. I want 90 minutes, 90 more minutes of the Senate deliberating about sanctions and trade wars between galactic corporations and the planets. Uh, so I, no, I, I love that. I love the, those parts of this book. I'm, I'm, I'm into it. I get really into stuff like that. I'm, I'm very I happy didn't that. read any of the words in this book. So this was not an issue. Oh, okay. Yeah. That explains a lot. <laughs> um, so like trauma, is a big thing in this book, like characters being traumatized and that like informing the way that they like proceed with their lives and the way that they interact with other characters how did you guys feel about like the way that that i mean i know this is a really broad question but i felt like i needed to touch on some sort of like actual thematic bullshit here uh like how do you guys feel about the way that uh the way that trauma is depicted in this book the way that it uh is carried through character actions and reactions and and stuff we obviously there's a you know a big scene uh with this uh towards the very end what we read uh in the we haven't we we've touched on the the casca and guts uh love scene and i i would also in talking about that i guess like just this like to talk about that more because i thought it was uh i thought it was beautiful um it's so hot (laughs) <laughs> but what like how how do you guys feel about like the way that uh i don't know that that like the depiction of of trauma the way that trauma is carried throughout the series uh joke answer i love that griffith is so traumatized by being rejected by guts that he goes and has sex with a 14 year old or whatever very very a1 classy response uh is she 14 you, uh, she's 16 i think actually okay. she's Hey, oh, you know, well. it's, it's fantasy. It was back then they did stuff like that. Not not an endorsement. I actually, okay, <laughs> I I did consider asking my group chat like how, like if I was supposed to interpret the the Griffith and Charlotte scene as uh as like uh, like how consensual was I supposed to interpret that? Uh, I think I, it is. But I yeah, mm. I I think for, for for me personally, I ultimately landed on i think that it is even if she's like kind of hesitant at first i think that it's um to use modern parlance extremely sus to to write a consent like a a a very obviously consensual scene between a 16 year old and how well to be fair though griffith also we don't know how old he like griffith also could be like you know, early twenties. I mean, that's at, what at I, this point. I was like, going to say. Actually, like, I feel like he's probably like twenty. They probably are all like kids because back then you only lived to be like twenty nine. So they they, so the, they they're all middle aged. Yeah, okay. well, middle aged by the, their standards at the time. Um, but no, I I think that like it's, I I I. I 
I, I really I really liked the uh the 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 Casca and Guts scene. Like I I think that it was like it was very moving. It took a long time for them to get there. And like they had had like that one heart to heart earlier where they're like sitting on the cliff or sitting on the hill looking out over the camp. Mm-hmm. Um, which that also is like a, a fairly moving scene, I think. But uh, the that scene between them, I think it's like, it, it felt like finally like the culmination of them, like just actually like laying all their cards on the table and like getting everything out in a way. And for me, doubly so, because that was the first time I'd heard about uh, Guts's adopted father. Uh, yeah, I guess I am realizing right now that you would not have... The, the scene that I mentioned earlier that was particularly upsetting to me was the scene where uh, Guts is assaulted by the guy that, uh, who pays. Childish Gambino. Who, well, he's not assaulted by Gambino. He's paid, the uh, Gambino pays a guy like three coins to, uh, to have Guts for the night. And it's like really upsetting. Like I, I went into this story expecting like there to be like careless brutalization of women. And I don't know for like, I guess, I guess I'm not sure what it says about the fact that like, I, I was like willing to accept that. But then like when the gut scene happens, I was like genuinely very upset. Hmm. but like yeah i it didn't occur to me until you just said that that you would not that that would be the first time you had seen heard of that scene yeah so it was uh you know that was uh you know interesting place for it to come up but i i I did think that scene was very moving that it goes from like them like being very tender with each other to guts all of a sudden having like this Mm -hmm. sort of animalistic response and then yeah and then they like you know talk each other back down from it so i i really like that moment that 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 whole sequence i think it happens over the course of two chapters um from like when he returns to the to the band of the hawk and they go out to the waterfall um i thought was really powerful also knowing like knowing that like griffith ends up being i i did not fully realize that griffith like ends up being one of the major villains like i i could tell he was getting a heel turn like it's very clear like where they're going about like halfway through the golden age stuff that like he is going to have a heel turn like when he assassinates the queen um and then when he has guts go and kill the uh the like minor lord who was Mm -hmm. who tried to have him killed like clearly there's like a darkness there but uh i i am at it's sort of on the same note but after he goes through like being tortured in midland for a full year like when they say that there's like a year time jump it's like oh he's just like in the dungeon getting whipped that whole time yeah it's fucking brutal brutal. personally for me i would love that uh (laughs) but i i don't think you know i don't think it's very fun for him so but I, I will be curious well, to see. Well, he's not I, consenting to this. I think exactly. That's the, the major exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big difference. Big difference. Um, so I, I, I will be, you know, kind of interested to see where all where that ends up going, like in mm-hmm. the rest of the Golden Age stuff, um, mm-hmm. because I think the the double whammy of feeling scorned by guts and then you know kind of making a big mistake because of that and you know then being brutalized for 365 days is uh it, quite it, the, might, uh, it might affect him i think it might i think it might do something to his brain yeah and i i mentioned this um in a com well i mentioned this in a conversation with john luke but um like 
I I have heard like Griffith has a reputation uh for being like one of the most evil dudes in fiction. And so no, that's why I, I disagree. And that's why I've been like every time that I'm like so delighted by how cunty he is, I'm like that's just like looming over me in the back of my head that like I know I know some of the horrible things he does. I feel like it's gonna get worse. And yeah, I, see, I don't know any of the horrible things that he does, but basically from the jump, you from from like that point, like halfway through the what we read. Uh, you can tell that he's going to do horrible things because sure, he clearly sure. does not like he does not care about even like himself at all like like his his dignity or his self worth he he is like relentlessly focused on a single goal yeah. and I think like the only distraction from that is guts and as soon as guts leaves I was like oh okay this is just like a he's going to spiral and then when he next does. to me yeah <laughs> but that being said everything he does i don't know what he does but mm -hmm. i'm excusing it i have forgiven him and I war crimes think that it's fine excused griffith did nothing wrong that's the official stance of this podcast yeah you know how emily feels about like anakin skywalker i i'm the same way about uh, I'm the same you know way actually griffith. not not dissimilar also like i don't know like there have been some fictional characters that have done some really awful stuff and you know get like redemption arcs that are praised for a long time I mean, I don't... being one of them like anakin did a lot of really bad shit but he sure to did be fair when we were praising him in the early days before i was born we didn't know that he killed a lot of kids we just thought he was like a like a fascist um you know murderer of regular folk so it was kind of like you know when we saw the kid stuff we were like oh sick but we weren't like we didn't know at the beginning yeah, but he did yeah. throw Palpatine down the shaft and it kind of made it all That was it. sick. That I was mean, good. I'm going to say, as far as I'm aware, I don't think that Griffith gets like a big redemption arc. Actually, I mean, I genuinely, I don't know. So um, maybe I'll find out. Because I, 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 you know, I don't know how much you guys intend on reading after chapter 100, but um, I, I think I will probably keep going. So I, I think don't the know pace of my reading it, will but... go down because reading this in the short not, i guess it wasn't actually a short period it of time. didn't have to be a short i didn't have to read this all in two it, days it was a short period like i think i read all you of this in the, all in two days oh wow i did it over a week like and i was like this is, this is too much this is too much i did it in a week and it was like wow that's a lot i feel so responsible i spread the 50 issue chapters i read over two weeks and I like worked it out. It was so perfect. I was like reading like eight chapters a day and it was. I read like a handful of chapters and then I didn't read anything for like two weeks and then we had to record. So I, I read this all in two and a half days. Wow. Well, I guess it was this your, this your first time reading it. Yeah. I mean, oh, I've, wow. seen, I've seen some of the anime before. There is a. Uh, of course, there's an anime. I guess that's there, where I heard it mostly several, from. That's... There are several. There are a couple of different um, adaptations of Berserk as far as anime goes. There's also like movies, I think. But um, the anime that I watched, I only watched a, a couple episodes, but or like two, like three or four episodes. But I think it only like I think it starts at the Golden Age arc. I see a 1997 one that only did 25 episodes, and then I see a 2016 one that only did 24 the episodes. The 2016 show sucks ass. Nobody watch it. It's, uh, it's just really bad. Reception. IGN praised it, giving an 8.5 out of possible 10. Maybe, hold on. Maybe I am thinking. There was a... 
I mean, that's just for the first episode, and it's an. Well, I, there was just there was a there was a Berserk anime that came out that was a a modern one that was like oh no three that's like CG so, animation. Anime News Network said for episodes one to three is Berserk is abdominably ugly and almost forcibly unpleasant realization of our dreams. Yeah, no, this is the one CGI, questionable music choices and disorienting camera work. Yeah, um, it yeah. it's um it is one of the um. It is one of the CG, like the 3D animated uh, anime, and it's just, I think it happened before that was a thing that uh, in the anime anime industry, they know how to make look good now, Uh, so it just is abominably ugly and uh, not recommended. Well, I shan't be watching it. But um, the uh, the ninety seven anime that's the one that I've seen some of, and it is mostly the Golden Age arc. I will say, since we were before we started talking about the anime, since we were on the topic of reading more Berserk, I'm not going to read any more until we do the next episode on it, which probably won't be for. Well, we'll do it probably soon, but yeah. not like ne- it's not the next episode we're going to do. Alex is shaking his head like we're not going to do it soon, which is fine. Uh, we can do it. whenever we do it next. I will read more, but in the meantime, I will. Uh, I but the thing is, I did end up really liking it, so I might. I do kind of want to read more. I mean, we can yeah. do it. We we can do the next episode. We can't. No, we we're not going to. No, like time. physically, oh, I right, cannot. Right, right. <laughs> no, I remember. I remember now. We had a whole conversation about it. It's fine. Look, look, goldfish memory. It's fine. Yeah, you were on your period. You forget that women oh! forget. <laughs> Um. Yeah. <laughs> and so, that's anyway. Berserk, guys. That's Berserk. Um, Thank you. Do we have? Or do we have anything more about Berserk? Uh, my last question: Should Guts and Griffith kiss? Yeah, yeah I think we've covered this. Yay! Yeah, but the fact that they have I mean, you know what? Um, the main guy. Thank you for bringing Berserk. But the fact that someone else is taking over means Fingers possibility crossed. for kissing. Because if this person didn't have them kiss for the first three hundred episodes, issues, mangas, volumes. This new person probably is like, that's the first thing that's happening. And it could Fingers be a flashback. Crossed. That's fine. Do it in a flashback. Whatever. But um, I'm just going to Google it. Never mind. You don't have to do it. Do you guys hear that sound? They should do. Well, before I hear that sound, I was going to say that <laughs> the end of this should be like the, the G-Witch epilogue where it's like they get done doing a bunch of awful things. And then they're just like getting they're just married, living in the countryside together. Yay. And I'm happy for them. Can you choose except you I sound? want except I want Guts and Griffith and Casca to all Yeah, they here. all have yeah. And they do the same thing where you just like see them and then you and then one of them puts their hands up and you see the wedding ring on their hand and it's the same sh- yeah, that's what that's my opinion of what should happen at the end. I don't know what the hell you guys are talking about, but I'm happy that uh, you guys Mobile Suit Gundam the Witch from Mercury. I know, I know, I still don't know, but I'm happy you guys are happy. Uh so do you hear that sound? Oh yeah, there okay. it is. I, sorry, there I do is. actually have one more thing. <laughs> oh no, I, never mind, never mind. I thought I did. I I did not. We set this up on the last episode. Okay. Uh, I you two clearly don't remember, but as the editor, I remember things like this. Get um, off our case, man. Is Berserk better or worse than Tintin the Blue Lotus? Oh, huh. Um, I mean, better. I'm not sure why we set it up like that, but I, I'm happy we did. I'm happy we did because uh, Tintin and the Blue Lotus is worse. Than yeah. berserk, but okay. it is shorter. So, <laughs> so it's hard to see, hard hard to say whether good or bad. 
Oh, I'm a big Tintin and the Blue Lotus fan, so obviously I, I think it's I, you know I like the whole the mural Blue behind clears, you. Yeah, yeah. You like yeah. the what? The big mural. Oh yeah, the, the, Blue the, Lotus. the big mural of all the the Tintin guys. The Tintin guys. There's Thompson and Thompson. Let's Thompson and Thompson and the pirate, and there's Snowy the dog. Why is Captain Haddock there if he wasn't in the Blue Lotus? Is this just oh, a, because this I after the since we recorded the last episode, I went I binge read all of them and became a huge fan. So cool. I was introduced to Captain Haddock. You know what? In the world's a better place. It is. But okay, now I, I can now. hear the. Sound. I, I hear can it you now. Hear the sound finally. Yeah, oh my know. god! I've been going fucking crazy. That's is the that carbon monoxide? The, that's the doomsday clock. It's signaling <laughs> our first ever cry space. This is a new segment that we are trying out, where we highlight uh, one thing that made us cry this week. And Alex, I would like to know what have you brought to the cry space for this episode. So I didn't bring anything to the cry space. Well, because emotionally. Emotionally. Well, so much. So much. It's it's just nice to be back. It's just nice to be back. I know it's only been two weeks for you people. Not you people. Whoa. Um, the audience listening. Um, but it's nice to be recording this show. And uh, Hadestown was lovely. Um, very much enjoyed it. And um, I don't know. It's a summertime. It's good stuff. It's hot where You're not where crying. Emily is. You're just sweating. Sweating in the book club, guys. Sweating in the book club. It's gross. But everyone does it. Do you do it? Let us know. Right in. Right in. Uh, but my cry space is doing this podcast today. Oh. John, what about you? Uh, as I was alluded to, it's been a while since we last recorded. So I had like multiple things to use as cry spaces. Uh, I already referenced you, which, so I don't, I don't have top to five, that Top one. five. Top five? I'm five. Yeah, give us one. Oh, give us okay. top five. Oh, well, that's lame. Give us top five. Well, I moved. Okay, okay so that's top five. Top five. Uh, number five, moving. Okay. It, it sucks, but also in some ways it's good. Sick. Uh, I think that that's that's fair. And to where say. are you now? Give us your, uh, your I'm in the Pacific. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, three, four, six, two. Fuck off, Emily Avenue. Um, Can you see? <laughs> Uh, number four you on the for me? huh? <laughs> I said, can you get a picture of the street sign for me? Oh yeah, absolutely. Number four, upon moving to my new address uh, to start a new job, uh, the wonderful privatized the wonderful postal service uh, lost my work laptop. That really sucked. Uh, number three on the list, uh, I watched an anime movie called The Girl Who Leapt Through Time. Beautiful picture. Really loved it. Uh, feels very Jean-Luc core in terms of the things. That, it's like a coming-of-age movie combined with a time loop movie. Kind of my shit. It's extremely nice. my shit. Uh, number two. Well, number two is... Number one is the uh, G-Witch ending. Very bittersweet. Very sad in the sense that should have 11 should have more tw- seasons. 20 more episodes minimum. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but the number two cry space that I was actually going to go with since I referenced you, which was uh, the film How to Blow Up a Pipeline, uh, which is a, a, very, evangelizing this one. a very beautiful picture, a very tense thriller, very exciting thriller um, about blowing up a pipeline as the uh, you know title would suggest, but also I, I found it to have a very like moving human component to it um, with the characters who do the titular act of blowing up the pipeline. Hey, spoilers. Um, Come on. I didn't, well, you know, maybe the pipeline doesn't actually get blown up. Okay, you good. Have to watch I love pipelines. Find out. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah Alex is a big pipeline. <laughs> um, but seriously, I, I, I cannot recommend this movie enough. Uh, it absolutely, I, I watched, I, I took an edible and watched it and then, and it just like absolutely destroyed me. Like I absolutely, I actually like did cry real tears at the ending and then I watched it again and it did the same thing. And then the next day I watched it sober and it was still incredible. You watched it uh, twice in the same day and once the next day. Yes. That's quite a recommendation. That's you crazy. Know, the only other movie there's the only, yeah. The only other movie that I've done that with is the edge Speed of Speed racer. So that's how, you know, it's like an a yeah. big, big time Jean-Luc it's recommendation. Jean-Luc banger. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Um, that's so. a good number one. I'd like to do a second one. Yes. Yeah. I, the, I did I, five. So like, go for it. I saw the flash. And that's oh, all me I, too. That's it. solid. That's it. that's it. Yeah, that's it. I can't Why believe you guys do that. I can't believe they left in the scene of uh, Ezra Miller threatening to drug and kidnap somebody. <laughs> Yikes! It happens. <laughs> I feel like I feel like they could have cut that one. Yikes! But. I was going to watch it in theaters, so my cry space is the fact that I didn't watch it in theaters, and instead I pirated it, watched it oh, at home, God. and just. I just had a nice evening watching this film and being like, all the CGI is equally bad. And you don't get that a lot in movies. You get high CGI, low CGI. It was just middle. Did you get the cool, like, uh, virtual gamble, crypto gambling ads uh, in between? <laughs> no. Should I? Oh, have? damn. I feel like every cam rip I download now has, like, these crypto mm-hmm. gambling ads. Oh, it, and- it wasn't a cam rip. It was a legitimate. Oh, right. Because it's, I think it hit streaming, like, last week too right Maybe. so that might be why but the the camera of the flash that i had had the the crypto gambling ads inserted into it that's great my cry space um is also film related i saw the barbie movie and it did Hell make yeah. me cry i did not expect the bo- the barbie movie to make me cry i don't know why i cry at everything um and I'm, you know i may have been two margaritas and a weed gummy deep uh when the <laughs> when the barbie movie was really going at the end but uh you know what um it, it was good and it, it it made me uh cry some some sad tears and also some happy tears and i'm glad that the barbie movie exists did the nimona movie make you cry um yeah actually it did there's like a big there's a big emotional scene uh at the end that they uh, we yeah we didn't even talk about the fucking nimona movie do you but, re- do you um, recommend it emily yeah it- oh oh my yeah. god 100 it's seriously like it the nimona movie is so good like i i think it the comic is good but i think the nimona movie takes a bunch of stuff from the comic and sort of makes it into something that makes a little more sense as a cohesive narrative um and despite taking out the best subplot i yeah what did Um, they take out they there's no longer a uh false flag bioterrorism plot in the movie um yeah um but like the animation is gorgeous the character designs are gorgeous the way that they have like retooled everything i think works incredibly well um i've seen it twice since it hit netflix uh i watched it like the day it came out and then i made um my my wife's uh girlfriend and her fiance were in town so i made everyone sit down and watch nimona with me the next day after the day after it came out um and and everyone else enjoyed it too so um definitely fucking check that out 
I haven't actually seen it yet, but I I did say that the animation looked like shit in the in the screenshots and the trailers. But I have to walk that back because I saw a video someone posted on Twitter and it actually looked really cool. So I, I, that hey! actually was the first. That was actually the first thing that was like, oh, maybe I should actually should watch this. Because no offense, Emily, but you but you liking it does not actually mean anything. I no, think you that were going to like that basically, uh, like that's, basically regardless. Whether or not I like an animated movie uh, is going to have absolutely no bearing on whether or not you, you John Luke Botville, like an animated movie. Yeah. So, but I actually think I'm going to check it out sometime in the next few weeks. I mean, also uh, it's like, it's like 90 minutes. Like, what do you, what, you know, you, what, you, what, you, what do you have better to do? Come on. Why did I watch The Flash? That's my question. Yeah, why'd you watch The Flash? Genuinely. You could be so. watching this. Hmm. I mean, there are probably, there are probably better things I could do, but. I doubt it. I, that's never motivated me before. <laughs> like, that there are better things I could do, so. Yeah. Yeah, everybody watch Barbie, watch Nimona. Uh, good stuff. Um, yeah. If you would like to follow... But you didn't have the true Oppen- Barbenheimer experience, right? No, okay, yeah, I guess before I, I move okay. into plugs, I did, I was almost talked into doing a Barbenheimer, but um, Oppenheimer is three hours long. I did not want to do that. I, I definitely would say not do, don't do them back to back. I didn't do, I didn't do them back to back. If you did them like back to back, would you start with Barbie or would you start with Oppenheimer? I, I feel like if you do Oppenheimer, you'll be exhausted. With, I feel like I would start with Oppenheimer because yeah. I feel like after sitting through Barbie, I'm not or not sitting after watching after experiencing the Barbie film. I don't think that I could sit through three hours I, of Oppenheimer. I think there's there's two camps to this. I would be this. too manic. Yeah, I, I'm going to say that I think there's two camps to this. One is what Emily said, I, which I basically I, I, I agree with that. But I can also see the flip side, which is that I feel like Oppenheimer is a movie that like deserves to like have silence at like or, or, or like it, it, it asks you to kind of like sit with it and think about it afterwards rather than immediately being launched into something. So else. you go to you watch Oppenheimer in the morning and then you go for lunch. And yeah, see, that's what Barbie I was gonna say. That's what even. I would have. That's hmm. what I would have done if I were doing it. Because I was thinking there were theaters that were literally doing back to back, like you I do Oppenheimer, might... and then in the same theater, like after the credits finish. Oh, I mean, not. I feel like my my not emotional mine, but, would just uh, like you know, yeah, that would. I feel like there are probably places doing that, but like my my theater specifically was just was not doing that. They were just hmm. doing okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I did a uh, Oppenheimer Saturday morning, Barbie Sunday evening. Just enough time to. It is lame that you. Well, it kind of lame that they do reserve seating now because you can't like sneak into another one now because it's all reserved. Reserve I mean, seating it, should be illegal. If uh, I, uh, I mean, if they you sh- if you don't go on opening weekend, you can still manage to sneak sure. into a theater because they rarely should, are all the seats filled. I just want to pay more just for sitting in a better seat though. So until they bring that out. No. Where I'm I can, gonna say, you know. if you don't if you don't want to sit through the trailers, go fuck yourself. You can come in late, skip the trailers, and get a shitty seat. It's I want to pay problem. fifty dollars to sit in the best seat, and I don't want to be near people who paid less than me. Okay. Listeners, if you would like to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at Crying Book Club. You should rate and review us five stars on 
any podcast platform that you can get your little fingers on. Uh, John Luke Botville can be found on Twitter at Mountain Dew Liker or on Letterboxd at JL Botville. Alex can be found on Twitter at Alex Hansiak. I can be found on Twitter at MPandanata. Letterboxd and Twitch, Panda Boar, the podcasts, Imagine Me and You to Know, the Fresh Podcast Market, and that looks terrible. And, um,. I don't think we know. Do we know what our next episode is going to be? I know we have some contenders. I think we narrowed it down to three. Next week, we're taking a trip to the DC universe to read the the book Wonder Twins by Mark Russell and Stephen Byrne. I I, I need, you know what, Alex? That was perfect. I, I need people more people like you in my life who will sort of just tell me what to do what i'm supposed to do and just like give me instructions and not like leave me to think about overthink what our next uh 12 issues part of the wonder comics imprint that lasted so long at dc comics um never forget never forgive yeah the, the wonder comics imprint that lasted so long i believe they released one book under it uh maybe three Wonder Twins is supposed to be six issues. They added another six, which we'll talk about next episode because maybe they shouldn't have. Uh oh. <laughs> we should do an episode where the only comics we read are the first issue of fa- of, of books from like failed imprints. <gasps> there's so many DC ones I can Dude, think of oh, right now. We could do so much cool shit with We that. could do a DC New 52 episode too, because I have the book that has all the number ones in it. And it's too much to read, but it's also I think we did that, John League. We, we did. I, you I and I did part of it. Did, part of it. Uh, you guys did a new 52 episode of the old show that I we did. We did multiple new 52 episodes of the old show. The thing we is like about... I'm thinking of there was like a big there was like a big episode that you guys did. We did all 52 uh, number ones. We did in all one 52 yeah. number ones in one yeah. episode, and yeah, then we did episodes on the series. We did episodes on Justice League, Wonder Woman, Green Arrow, and maybe Animal Man. Animal, I think Animal Man was the other one that we did. We not have got into it. We but should honestly, we should bring back. The, I mean, I know we do. We read a lot for this show, but it would be fun to bring back the the bonus episodes that were. Going the sick part of me series. is like, I mean, and Emily, you can also like. I think having you read New Fifty Two, if you have time, that'd be great. But if not, understood. I don't know. I just have like. Still, I the giddy energy it. to reread those. I things. know, I love the new it's just, too. I mean. oh, so good, so good. Um, I will just say, question to end off the show: stuck on a desert island for one hundred days, would you rather be there with all of Berserk or the Suicide Squad film? Mm-hmm.